A reading from the book of Revelation, chapter 22, verses 1 through 5 and 16 through 17. The angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street. On each side of the river is the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, producing its fruit each month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. There will no longer be any accursed thing, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and God's servants will worship God. They will see God's face, and God's name will be on their foreheads, and night will be no more. They need no light of a lamp or of the sun, for the holy God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. I, Jesus, send my angels to all to you all to testify to this for the churches. I am the root and descendant of David, the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come. And let whoever hears say, come. And let whoever thirsts, come. Let whoever wishes take the water of life as a gift. So this past Wednesday was Ash Wednesday, which marks the start of the season of Lent. And Lent is a time of self-examination, repentance, prayer and fasting, self-denial, study of scripture. It's an opportunity for new beginnings. And in the traditional Ash Wednesday service, um, and everyone comes up to receive ashes, the officiant says to each person as they're given the ashes, remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. You know, for a few days, kind of meditating on them. And yeah, I, I get the same, the same sense, that feeling of, of insignificance. It's, it's almost like a, like a check to put me back in my place. Um, because we human beings tend to get a little puffed up sometimes, um, become a bit full of ourselves. So I think, I think a lot of times this is, this is a good thing for me to hear. It's a good reminder. It's a good way to kind of reset, especially in this season of, of new beginnings and self-reflection. Remember your dust. You're not that, you're not that big of a deal. Um, it's good for me to hear. I, I work as a consultant. People literally spend money for my, for access to my expertise, my experience. Like people want to know what I think about things or what I have to say about things. I mean, heck y'all are listening to me talk right now. Um, right at work, I've been, I've been at this company for, for, seven and a half years, like I can kind of, I have people treat me with a certain amount of reverence internally, which is kind of weird for me still, but um, it's, it's really easy to begin to believe this narrative about myself um, that my hard work, 
my diligence, my intelligence, my ingenuity, all of these things that I have and that I am are what has provided the life that I have and what takes care of my family and what um, what matters right now and what will and will be something that will matter to other people and that will last a long time. And so then what I hear, remember that you are dust and to dust you shall return. Brings me back down. And I need to hear that. And in the midst of saying all of this about myself and thinking about that, I realize, boy, I am just swimming in privilege. And it makes me wonder, what about people that don't look like me, that haven't quite had the same lived experience as myself? And as I was trying to think about, like, this is, this is the part in the lesson where I would, like, list out all of these things in society that are unfair and unjust. And, like, it's kind of an overwhelming thing to try to catalog here. So just the racism and prejudice that's just built into our system. Um, it, there's so much of it. That's weird. Um, um, so instead, let me just pick, pick one more specific example. The way that our society treats transgendered people is just despicable. These are individuals that have spent a good part of their life just feeling wrong in their own bodies. Don't, I don't know that I, I don't fully understand that, but just that there's that sense of they're not who they're supposed to be. Things are not right. And there's lots of, lots of cases of suicide, of depression, of, of, of everything. And they're finally coming to this point and having very difficult conversations and making difficult choices and being able to begin to live their lives in a way that they can start to be who they feel like they should be. They can begin to be themselves and begin to live. And our society looks at that and is just trying to slap them down as fast as possible. How many laws are we going to see this legislative session that are targeting this group of people? I have some friends that are, that are preparing to move out of the state. Um, they're leaving behind friends. They're leaving behind family members. And it's heartbreaking. They don't want to go. But they're just exhausted from living in fear every single day. And so I think of people like that, and then you say, remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. And that just almost seems like a cruel thing to say. As you figure out who you are and are having to flee for your life, it's like, hey, you don't matter at all. So... This has become my pattern now when I find something in my belief system that just doesn't seem quite right, doesn't make as much sense as I thought it once did. 
I dig in and go, well, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe there's some more to this that, that I've missed before. Maybe there's a new way to look at it. So let's dig in just a little bit this morning. Remember that you are dust. The word is, the verb here is remember, which means that it's a reminder of something that we should already know. How do we know that we're dust? That came out of our Old Testament reading this morning. Genesis chapter 2 verse 7 says, The sovereign God crafted the human from the dust of the humus and breathed into its nostrils the breath of life, and the human became a living soul. I want to talk about this translation just a little bit because it makes some very interesting choices. Um, the human is from the Hebrew word ha-adam. Uh, and so you'll recognize Adam, Adam, as the name that we'll get for the man and that will actually be the name of the man. Um, and that the ha-adam, I love that because it's that first part is the breath. Um, the word that is normally translated the earth, the soil, um, is the Hebrew word is ha-adama, which sounds very similar to the word for human. And so I love that they opened their thesaurus and found the word humus, which I didn't know, but it actually is a word that means soil um, and preserves the uh, the play on words here. Um, the other interesting thing this translation does is the human gets an it pronoun up until the point where it's put to sleep and the side is taken from it and the woman is formed. And then we have he and she, male and female. I thought that was interesting. And what that says to me is in this beginning story, when the human is created and the human is given the instructions and the human receives the breath of life, all these things, that isn't the thing that happens to the man. God didn't create the man. And it was like, man, the man is bummed out. Let's make a woman for him. But that God created the human, male and female together. And that all of the instruction, all of the love, all of the care, all of that origin story is for all of us. The sovereign God crafted the human from the dust of the humus and breathed into its nostrils the breath of life. And the human became a living soul. Okay, let's talk about the dust. Now, when I think about dust, I think about the dust that I encounter in my daily life because it accumulates on everything. In fact, the, we have a verb form of the word dust, and it's just called dust, and it means to clean, <laughs> to get rid of dust. Um, it's dirty. Boy, there's that word again. We've, we've, we, it's filthy. It's something that we don't like that we need to get rid of, that corrupts things, that gets in the way of things, that is at best insignificant and more likely an annoyance. We don't like dirt. We don't like dust. And so when we hear from dust you were created, our first thought is, ew, I guess God can make beautiful things out of whatever. Um, but in this story, we're still in the creation story. Dust isn't that old. Right? Think about it. 
God separates the light from the dark. Then God separates the sky from the waters. And then God separates the water and the land. That's day three. The third day, God's like, I'm making dust. And it's going to be awesome. Actually, it says, he looked at it and said it was good. The story says that God formed us by breathing into the soil. Humanity is the combination of creation with creator. And the creation was lovingly made by God, right? At the very end of all the days, on uh, it says, Genesis 1.21, God saw everything they had made. It was supremely good. Dust is good. It was lovingly created. And this act that forms the human is God breathing God's self into the creation and making something new and incredible and wonderful. We talk a lot in church about having a deep connection with God. But we also have a deep connection with the earth, with this world. Um, you heard the old saying, you are what you eat. There's a lot of truth in that. Because when we eat, our bodies digest the food, break it down into its parts. Some of that's used for fuel, but a lot of that is converted into us. It's used to rebuild cells or to make new cells. Um, and what comes out of us goes into the ecosystem and is used and converted and made into new things. The plants pull in carbon dioxide through photosynthesis and produce oxygen. We breathe in oxygen. We breathe out carbon dioxide. We're connected to everything that's going on here. Uh, there is, we, uh, there is, I don't know if this is physics or biology. It's science. The law of the the law of conservation of mass basically means that matter cannot be created or destroyed. It can just be rearranged. That means that the molecules that are making up my body right now are ancient. They've been around since the very beginning. And you too. And it also means that as I eat and as I do things, like my body is constantly being rebuilt from the dust of the ground, from the plants and animals, from what we breathe. And yes, when we die, our bodies will decompose and go into the soil and we'll, we'll pay off part of that as well. But we are truly connected to this amazing planet that was lovingly created deliberately. And we may exist for this moment in this time. And in some way we have always existed and will always exist. And in other ways we're, we're here temporarily. It's, it's kind of a weird thing to think about. So when I hear Remember that you are dust. There is an element of, okay, you all on your own may not, you're not as great as you think you might be. 
but you together with everybody else in this amazing world that we live in, make up something incredible. And you're part of it and you're connected to it and you always will be. That's kind of cool. I don't know. What do y'all think? What do you hear God saying to you this morning? Um, I feel like growing up, in a lot of the Christian world, we really didn't have a, there wasn't an emphasis put on, you know, the earth or, you know, like, I feel like way before recycling and, (laughs) um, you know, like caring for the world around us because like, we're not of this world, you know, like this world is not our home. Um, and so I love, I love the reminder that our bodies are part of the earth. Um, you know, and not, not only do I believe that we should be good stewards of the world, the creation around us, but we should be good stewards of the thing that is part of us. Mm. That's pretty cool. hello test test um no what what i was thinking about i was thinking about jesus's um interactions with people right and so this this is a person this is a a part of the trinity that's been around he was there when they breathed into the earth right and so he's interacting with people who are dust He's interacting with people who are, he, he understands the transient nature of their, mm-hmm. of their lives. You know, they're just such a, such a small, tiny part. And yet I care for them so much, right? Even though I'm this tiny piece of space dust that is here today and God tomorrow, he still knows how many hairs are on my head, right? Um, and, and that's significant when I, when he, when I, I think about the way he interacts with people, people who think that they're really significant in this world, mm-hmm. that gives you a certain perspective on how significant you really are. You're not the people who think that they're nothing. 
or that other people think are nothing in this world. He knows how much they're loved, even though that they realize that they're insignificant. I think that's part of the Sermon on the Mount when it talks about blessed are the meek, blessed are the poor in spirit. It's because people realize actually how insignificant we are in the world. And yet, because you realize how insignificant you are, you realize your relationship to the Trinity and the, the create creator. Yeah. Thanks. John had something to share and he said, I like that. I like the saying that I am the spirit. I have a soul and I live in a body. The soul has mind, will, and emotions. My spirit is eternal and will go to live with God. So the body is just a temporary tent or or suit. Thanks, John. Thanks, Ryan. I was thinking recently, I can't remember. I'm in my car a lot. So I can't remember if it's a podcast or a book I was listening to that somebody was talking about, um, and their culture. I'm not going to cite it any more than that because I'll just boggle it. Um, that they are buried just into the ground without any sort of coffin or anything because they feel like from all they've taken from the earth what organically their body has to offer the soil and the earth and the air that absorbs it is the least that they can do to um, repay all the um, ecosystems they absorbed and took up when they were alive, which I think is so interesting. Um, And I, I like the thought of, you know, that nothing is created or destroyed that, um, even we even have something to offer in our ashes, Mm. which I think is, um, very easily connected to the Jesus story um, of that his death meant the most out of all the things mm-hmm. he did um, in his resurrection that I think we see in his life that them maybe the most important things don't happen while you're alive, but what you pass on in death when seemingly you're just dust in the wind now um, and how like Jesus it is to give us, um, something more eternal than just a body that we're stuck in, um, that he'll renew at some point. Um, so yeah, I sit in peace with a lot of this thinking that, you know, sometimes we think maybe our legacy or our story or our, um, being ceases to exist or be told when our body is only ashes, um, because that's all in our, and I'm thinking about Gary and his sweet friend he lost that it feels like in this place we're in right now, that that is all, that's all that we know mm-hmm. is what we do in our bodies here on earth. We don't get to see the next steps or what comes next. And so it's hard to live outside of the discouragement of to dust we'll return. Cause we don't have a glimpse of what that looks like mm-hmm. yet, but um, it feels like the hope of that can be enough.
Yeah, I like that thought that this is all we really know. And it's really, it's hard to wrap our minds around what, what, what would exist outside of this paradigm. Um, and I think I think that's a good reminder. Um, I also think it's important to respect this period of what we do know and our experience here. I think a lot of times churches have in the past tended to minimize the the importance of physical life um of what we do here and how much it matters and and the the way we treat the planet and the way we treat ourselves and the way we treat each other um because yeah this is all temporary it's all going to get burned up anyway someday probably maybe um but instead to say no this is this is real this was deliberately lovingly created as a good thing and we're part of it and what we experience here what we do here matters and it's real and we don't know what happens outside of this and that's terrifying exciting probably all of the emotions but it doesn't take away from the importance and significance of this moment right here that we have now. That's good. Thank you all. I enjoyed that. Um, let's pray. Lord, we we thank you for, for everything. Everything that we know was created by you. Um, it's kind of a weird thing to think about that at the same time we live in this present moment that is new and unique to now, but we're made up of things that were cre- you created ages ago. <laughs> And that we know that these same molecules will be rearranged to form new people and new ages with new thoughts and new things in the future. And it's kind of wild to think about. Thank you that we are part of something wonderful and beautiful and amazing. Something that you did long ago, but that you are still actively participating in today. Help us to see you more in this world where you are today. Help us to be more aware of your presence. We love you. We thank you. We thank you for the reminder that we are dust. We were made from it and we'll return to it. And that right now we are the people that you made us to be. In Jesus' name, amen.